Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our second of three hours as we do every day. It is a delight to welcome back to the show Harriet Hageman. She is running for Congress in Wyoming, challenging someone you may have heard of named Liz Cheney, who made it back in the news today. You know, Harriet, uh, first of all, thank you for being uh, with us and thank you for uh, running for this office. I'd like to remind listeners from time to time that James Madison put it that uh, the Constitution they were putting together was partly federal, partly national, which is an interesting thing when you think about these congressional races like the kind you're in. You're running to represent Wyoming and the people of Wyoming, but you work on laws that affect all of us no matter where we live. And that's why we pay attention to races not just in our own state. Thank you for making your run. Thank you for being with us today, Harriet. Thanks, Seth. Thank you for having me back. I so enjoy visiting with you. This was a lot of fun. Well, it's great to have you, and it's great that you're 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 running for this office. Let me give out your website for those that may want to learn more about you beyond this show and may want to help you out. It's HagemanForWyoming dot com. H A G E M A N HagemanForWyoming dot com. News today was a little little busy on one of your opponents, wasn't it, Harriet? I guess the uh, Republican Party has now censured your opponent. Yes, and um, I didn't know much about that. I that didn't either. Been, it came as news yes, to me. Yeah, right. It, it really came in large part as news to me. There was, you know, I'd heard some things around the edges about it, but I didn't know the details. I didn't know what they were doing. I still haven't read any of the documents. I've seen some of the videos coming out of it, but I was the RNC. That didn't have anything to do with me, but I was uh, proud of them, and I'm proud of them for this reason, and it doesn't have anything to do with me, really. I'm proud of them because it's with Republicans. We're going to have to recognize that if we don't stand for our ideals and our platforms and what we are supposed to be, then we become nothing but mush. And all we are is not even an opposition party to the radical Democrats. We're simply enablers. If we don't stand up for Republican values, then what good are we? Harriet, you're singing my song. The Republican Party is a serious thing. It's a serious party. It comes with a serious legacy. And it won't do just for people to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Republican, and then move on as if it doesn't mean anything. So tell my audience, you've done it here before. I'd love it if you wouldn't mind doing it again, why you decided to challenge Liz Cheney and what you will do once you go to Washington. Well, Liz Cheney doesn't represent Wyoming. And Wyoming only has one congressional seat. We only have 560,000 people in our state. We're the least populated state in the nation. But we're an incredibly important state. We're the Saudi Arabia of the country. We're the largest coal producer or one of the top oil and gas producers in in the nation. The way I put it is we're the state that puts food on your table, gas in your car, a roof over your head, and we pave highways. Nice. Um, we are the largest trona producer. We have uranium. We have rare earth minerals. We are an incredibly important state. And for the last year, we've had nobody in Congress representing us. Liz Cheney has made the decision that it's her job to go back to Washington, D.C. and be the judge and jury of Donald Trump, and that isn't what we sent her there for. I made the decision... I started looking at this in February and March of last year and made the final decision last summer that I was going to take her on because we need and we're entitled to have a representative that represents Wyoming's interests. And as you say, the broader issues that are important to America, the America First agenda, uh, closing of our borders, the the, the lawful application of our our, uh, immigration laws, 
addressing inflation. I mean, inflation is nothing but monetary policy, right. and this administration is pursuing a monetary policy of inflation, and it's hurting the, the, the poorest among us the worst. It's just a really sick idea. And what has happened is that Liz Cheney is giving this administration and the radical Democrats cover to pursue policies that are devastating to everybody in this country. So I'm running because I want Wyoming. Wyoming is entitled to a congressional representative that is effective, that understands the issues and is willing to fight to make sure that we that we actually do adhere to our constitutional principles and foundation. And when I go back to Washington, D.C., I'm going to work with like-minded conservatives and Republicans who also recognize that this country is off track right now. And one of the other things I would say is that oftentimes when Republicans get into office, they protect the status quo, and that's not acceptable anymore. We're not going to go back there and just simply play patty cake and and, and protect the status quo of where we are right now. We have 30 or 40 years of really bad policies that we need to roll back, and I'm going to be at the forefront of doing that. We've got to fight to take back our country. That is so well stated. You are so well spoken. When you get elected, I I hope that you will continue to visit with us. I know you will, uh, because you are a very uh, well spoken uh, and articulate uh, member of our party and the conservative cause. I have to say, as I gave out your website, Hageman for Wyoming, H-A-G-E-M-A-N for Wyoming.com. It's one of the greatest. It's one of the the most attractive websites I've ever seen. But it has this line, (laughs) Wyoming. No, you could watch it. It's just great. The horses, the scenery. It's a great website. But I love the line, Wyoming tough. Seems to me, Harriet, if I may, seems to me. We could use a lot more Wyoming in the rest of this country, not just that which you produce, but the ethos and the ethic that you portray on your website. Might you say something about that, just kind of the the Western hard, hard-earned, hard-committed values that you represent? Well, I think that you're absolutely right because – I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And one of the things that our that our forefathers saw is they didn't believe in an aristocracy. And something that has happened to our country, and it's some of the people that we're talking about right now, is we almost have this mentality that you can inherit the seat from someone else. Right. And so, and if not inherit, at least uh, in in Hunter Biden's circumstance, you can make millions of dollars in graft from foreign countries right. based upon your last name. Right. So you look at a at a at a, a Chelsea Clinton, who's really a terrible unaccomplished woman, yet everybody in the country knows her. And Liz Cheney, you know, again, inheriting a seat, not because of what she had done, but because of what her father has done, the Kennedys, the Bushes, Uh uh, the Romneys. We can go on and on and on, that that's really how those people have operated. And in many ways, they're the weakest among us. Mm. And I think that that's what you're saying. If you go to my website, what you're talking about is our video, and it's called Ride for the Brand. That's the ranch I grew up on. Uh Those are our horses. That's my, those are my family members. Oh. And that's who we are. My family is still on that ranch at Fort Laramie. We're now on, my great grandfather came into Wyoming in 1879 on a, on a cattle trail from Texas. And my family is still in Wyoming continuing to ranch, both my family as well as lots and lots of cousins and, and distant relatives. This is our home. This is where we belong. And, and we uh, created a life, a very successful life. 
uh, for many generations by doing what we've done. We're, we're small business owners, we're ranchers, we're educators. I strayed and became an attorney. Uh, we're truckers, we're, we work at the vet clinic, we do shoe horses, we do lots of different things to make a living and, and to, to take care of our family and to work for our communities. And that's really what you're talking about yep. is we need more of those normal everyday people who understand what it's like to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go branding and, and moving cows and fixing fence. We don't need people who walk in a room and, and they have accolades simply because Cheney is their last name. Nicely stated, Harriet. Uh, we could go on and on for issues and issues. I know your time is, is, is a little limited, so let me just ask you about one. You mentioned it. Tell the And maybe over the course of the campaign we can do the other issues too. But just say a word or two about your views on energy independence, would you? This is something that I think is part and parcel of a lot we're suffering from right now. It's critical. It is absolutely critical. Our prosperity in this country is based upon three things, and that's affordable housing, affordable food, and affordable energy. And you mess with any one of those, let alone all three, which is what this administration does, and your country starts unraveling. Two days ago, we hit $30 trillion in debt. We're the largest debtor nation in world history, not only in terms of real dollars, but in terms of comparison to our GDP. So we're now heading down a road where we've got China coming in with a, a modified belt and, and the road and belt program yep. and, and, and buying up our, and they have been for a long time, but they also own a lot of some of our most important businesses. So from the standpoint of energy independence, you want to, you want to destabilize your society. You want to make sure that you are vulnerable to really bad world actors. Just become energy or food dependent. You and bet. that's what this administration has done. What President Trump did for us was energy independence, and it absolutely exploded in prosperity for this country. We have to get back to that, not just because it's the right thing to do from a, from a moral standpoint and a financial and economic standpoint, but from the standpoint of national security. That is critical that we are energy and food independent. We should not be dependent on any other country for who and what we are. Yet this administration is bound to determine that they're going to they're going to protect the borders of Ukraine and they're going to allow millions of people to invade our southern border. It makes no sense unless your purpose is to destroy our country. Harriet Hageman, you know we have a candidate running here in Phoenix, in uh, Arizona for Congress. Eli Crane. I said he's the greatest man running for Congress in the entire country. Of you, Harriet, I want to say you are the greatest woman in the entire country running for Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love listening to you. I love your campaign. I love your candidacy. And I would love it next time you have some time to call us back again. We are all for you, Harriet. We really are. Thanks, Seth. Love being with you. You betcha. Hageman for Wyoming dot com. Check this great person out and help her out. She wants to help us out. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Show brought to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. How much news did you see today about that, what I thought was a hugely important study coming out of Johns Hopkins that was the subject of my monologue yesterday to remind economists at Johns Hopkins carried out a meta-analysis and found that the restrictions imposed, including stay-at-home orders, compulsory masks, and social distancing, reduced across the United States, reduced COVID mortality by 0.2%. The study also, which is to say it saved 1,800 lives, 1800, everything we went through, 
all the businesses shut down, all the masking requirements, everything that the government dictated and the state and local governments dictated saved a total of 1,800 lives. On the other hand, they also caused enormous economic and social costs, and they should be, as the study concluded, rejected as pandemic policy going forward. How many of you read about that today, outside of maybe something on Fox News or talk radio? How much did you see about this story that should be the story of the year? Story of the year. Well, Jen Psaki was asked about it in her press briefing today. I just want to play this for you. We tend to lower gas prices for the American people. Real quick on the um, Johns Hopkins study on the lockdowns. Um, it was this meta-analysis that came out of several studies, uh, lockdown during the first wave of COVID in spring of 2020. It found that it only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2% in the U.S. and Europe. Um, and suggested they have little to no public health benefit, but severe consequences for the economy. Um, and the, it suggests that lockdowns shouldn't be a part of a future pandemic response. Uh, is that the shared view of the administration looking in the rearview mirror? Well, I would say I would first, of course, point you to our health and medical experts for specifics on this specific scientific study. I would note that the president has been clear we're not pushing lockdowns. We've not been pro-lockdown. Uh, that has not been his agenda. Most of the lockdowns actually happened under the previous president. What our uh, objective has been is to conveying that we have the tools we need to keep our country open, um, thanks to the president's leadership and focus on fighting the virus. Uh, and that's reflected in the fact that 98% of schools are open, uh, over 210 million Americans are fully vaccinated. Uh, we have the tools to avoid lockdowns and we're not moving back. And that's our intention at this point. You guys do believe that the lockdowns were more harmful than helpful? Uh, again, I would point you to our scientific experts on the specifics of a study, but the president's uh, agenda, the president's approach has not been lockdowns. It has been using the tools we have to prevent that. Do you understand what she is saying there? I, I, I don't mean that rhetorically. This is a serious point. Do you understand what she's saying there? She's saying that most of it took place under the previous president. They have kept the previous president's chief proponent of those lockdowns as the leading scientific advisor on COVID in this administration who is still urging all of the mediating things that this study condemns. We're talking about Anthony Fauci. We're talking about Anthony Fauci. Now, there's another angle to this that's kind of interesting when she's trying to blame the previous administration. She's blaming the previous administration for the problems of COVID and the problems that may have emanated from the lockdown strategies. Okay. Wasn't her entire campaign on behalf of Joe Biden, let me put it better, wasn't Joe Biden's entire campaign based on the fact that Donald Trump wasn't doing enough, wasn't doing enough to mitigate the problems of COVID. And the problem being that he was turning it over to the states to manage. When Joe Biden came to the White House, did he not try? Did he not impose a federal mandate and a federal strategy so that it could be more strict and stringent 
than what some of the dangerous know-nothing states were engaged in, Texas, Florida, South Dakota, just to take three examples. This isn't serious stuff, folks. This isn't serious at all. This should be the story of the year. 1,800 lives were saved. And yet, just to begin with on substance abuse, drug use, overdoses, 20,000 lives were lost. 51% of adolescent female increase in suicide emergency department visits. Learning loss we may never recover from because of what they said and what they urged and what they wanted and what they urged on the Trump administration to do so that it was uniform across the country and not just true in Michigan and not just true in California, but also the case in Florida and also the case in Texas and also the case in South Dakota and also the case in some respects here in Arizona. They wanted more of it. They're washing their hands of all of it. Nice try. The Supreme Court may have saved their butts, even though they were on the opposite side of where the Supreme Court came down on this. It may have saved their butts by taking away any constitutional authority for the imposition imposition of further mandates and further strategies that you could call lockdown and mitigation. None of it worked. None of it did. And we're now still paying the price. We will be paying the price next year and the year after. We will be paying the price for what we did with regard to COVID for years to come. And we, I mean it sincerely, we will be paying that price. You know who won't pay that price? The Anthony Fauci's and the Rochelle Walensky's and the Governor Whitmer's and the Governor Newsom's. They're not going to pay that price. Think about a society that allows Andrew Cuomo off the hook for killing more people by his strategies than the entire nation saved with its strategies only to see him leave office over issues having to do with sexual harassment. Think about what we're talking about here. Think about that. Think about that. Think about the media that would leave Donald Trump press conferences but cover Andrew Cuomo press conferences because they thought he had it right. Boy, the revisionism, it doesn't take a decade anymore. It just takes a day. It just takes a day. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, brought to you live by the gun, from the Guns Etc. Studios, 602-508-0960. Your open line's Friday. Dr. Mike is in Carefree. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you doing, Seth? I'm doing just fine, sir. How are you? Good. I was just perusing the morning literature, and I saw the British Medical Journal had an article that um, 
the uh, British Health Service is no longer going to enforce the uh, vaccine mandates for COVID effective January 31st. Do you sometimes wonder, Mike, when you read things like this, that we may not be the freest country in the world anymore? Yeah, but, yeah, I didn't see it on any, I saw it on no news front, Yeah, you know, and it's like it's, they're, they're quietly, quietly admitting that they probably got some of the science wrong. This quiet admission business, Mike, it bothers me tremendously. There's another aspect to quiet and health care in this country that you may not be familiar with this story. I wouldn't be surprised if most people aren't because there's a media blackout on it. Uh, but there was Absolutely. one story that I could find in a mainstream uh, news uh, news center at, 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 in the San Francisco Chronicle, and it was that was it. There's a center that London Breed in San Francisco, the mayor of San Francisco, has opened up. It's called the um, the Linkage Center, and it's basically a it's in the Tenderloin District, and it's a center where anyone who wants to use drugs can just do so freely without any worries about the law, without any worries about sanction, without any concern whatsoever. It's just a free area that is being contained by the city of San Francisco for people to drug up or shoot up as a way to, in their words, you know, mitigate and reduce the harm of having to do so in places that aren't supervised, that don't have other health care other health care, uh, other health care appropriate uh, uh, necessities available for them, you know, bandages, clothing, food and drink. Come here. We'll be your boys and girls club. But you can also use drugs. And there's a media blackout on it. There's a media blackout on it to make it quiet. Well, they have it. They have it in Portland and Seattle as well. Yep. 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 Aren't you a little bit concerned about what the media is telling us about our health care, Mike? Uh, yes, I mean it's it, it, it's a bit scary, but you know it's it's not just the media. Unfortunately, it's the healthcare establishment and the medical industrial complex. They, you know, the there is no um, room anymore for individuality. For example, um, we know that people shouldn't get a vaccine within a, a probably six months of getting COVID. Right. You know, that's pretty well established. Right. But um, that's really, you know, a lot of people still losing their jobs because of that. And they can't go into certain venues and they can't join certain gyms. It's, it's, it's exactly right. I had a friend of mine who recently got over COVID, wants to join a gym in uh, Santa Monica and uh, can't do so because he doesn't have his most recent booster. He got over COVID two weeks, three weeks, four four weeks ago at the most. This is not a good idea, and he has no right. Natural immunity. I've said from the get go, natural immunity is the best immunity, and and it's true of virtually every disease we know of. Uh, You know, I mean, but they're blacking out everything, even in the environmental realm. You know, we're blacking out where we're getting rid of coal power plants and so forth. Yep. You're aware that the Navajo Coal Power Plant was scheduled to go offline about 15 years ago? No. No. It's still in effect. It's still there because they couldn't pull it off because 
California got rid of their nukes and they got rid of this, that, and the other, and there's just not enough power if you, if you don't do it. So they, they're quietly violating their own principles. You said medical-industrial complex. You know, almost every doctor I talk to, maybe it's self-selection of people I know, I don't know, but almost every doctor I talk to says that the real casualty of the last two and a half years has been medicine. Medicine has taken – science and medicine have taken the big hit because they were so politicized. Do you agree with that? Yes. You know, it, it started in the 1960s when we went to the medical industry from the medical profession. Ah. And then when the government started with Medicare, it was a great idea. But once everybody was hooked on it, it's like any kind of anything else, it becomes a dependent. You betcha. It's another needle in the arm, isn't once, it, Mike? You bet. Hard to take out once, once it's in. Once you're, de- once you're dependent, yep. you, have, you don't have freedom. You're up in carefree, Mike. Stay free, brother. Stay free. Okay. Thank have you. Have a great day. You bet. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 There's our good friend Smitty in Scottsdale. Hey, Smitty. Hello there. You staying warm? How are you? I'm, I'm cold. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it is a little chilly, but, you know, that's what happens when your blood thins yeah. out here in Arizona. Um, so uh, I assume your audience isn't in the couple hundred millions, so we suffer for not having you as an interpreter of the administration's <laughs> speak. Um, the, prob- the problem is the wrong question was asked of Jen Psaki. Right. The, the, the right. question should right. have been, right. uh, in the private sector, anybody who's this wrong for this long would have been fired long ago. Right. So right. what's the time frame for finding a new COVID advisor right. to replace Dr. Fauci? Right. Would have been one question. Right. The second question would have been, look, you know, the Supreme Court has a, uh, uh, you know, a full uh, complement of justices to do their business for the remainder of the term. You insist we're still in a COVID emergency for vax mandates, et cetera. So what's your time frame to replace Fauci maybe with one of the Barrington doctors, <laughs> Dr. Atlas or Dr. Berenson? Please, you know, that would have been a better question. Someone who has been on the right side of this, right? Someone who hasn't been consistently wrong and caught to have been lying. Why they kept someone who twice, twice admitted to lying about COVID mitigation efforts, Anthony Fauci, why they kept him on is, 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 is public policy malfeasance, Smitty. Well, I mean, don't discount the possibility that he has locked up in his personal safe the goods on uh, some people that endorsed his funding of -of gain-of-function research in China. Yeah, Uh, I I do sense that there's probably a concern about not getting rid of the man who knows where all the bodies are buried. He's been around so long. This is the danger of bureaucracy, by the way. This is a major danger of bureaucracy. You give someone like that who works and operates quietly for so long with such a narrow area of expertise but so vaunted and so heralded and so respected for it, it gets tough to get rid of them. You bet it does. That This is the problem with bureaucracy and it's the problem with elites and it's the problem with self-declared experts. 
Yeah, I, I heard yesterday uh, he has a net worth of over $10 million. Yes, right. We know we know his salary is close to a half a million dollars. Yes. And, and apparently his position allowed him to get royalties on uh, therapeutics and, and other drugs that have been developed under his watch at the NIH and whatever. Uh, it's insane. It's there are children's books about insane. him. There are children's books about him. The villain has been turned into a hero. Well, uh, some, you know, where do you start? There's so much to be made up for. But I think, again, people have to take a little time to be thoughtful about the questions that they're going to ask to get the right answers. Uh, you know, I love Peter Ducey. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's exactly question- where my brain went. You and I are on the same page. You say it. I know exactly what you're, where you're going. You do it. You know, he he basically opened the door for a a canned response on inflation. Is inflation good for you? Yeah. Or how about are you you concerned that your policies are too left wing? That was that was a terrible question. Exactly. I mean, you don't waste a question like that. You don't waste your question that way. Yeah, exactly. Either make your point in the question. Right. You know, you, you know, do you think that ruining the economy with the highest inflation in 40 years uh, uh, it, it, you know, it, well, whatever. Well, well no, I, there's, I a, there's a million that... ways to ask a question. You, you ran, you ran as a candidate who was going to be moderate and distinct and different from Bernie Sanders. You said un, un, multiple times you were not Bernie Sanders. How is your administration different? Yeah, you know, your whole candidacy, candidacy was based upon getting rid of COVID. It's still here. You still have an emergency. Uh, so what's your timing for getting rid of the guy that you've been relying on uh, who's been wrong? You want to crack down on re- misinformation in the media. You told people if they got the vaccine, they didn't have to wear a mask. They wouldn't get sick. They wouldn't yeah. end up in the hospital. Was that your was that your definition of misinformation? How about that? Which brings me to my next point. Yes, sir. I'm not sure much will take much will happen to change the course of this until Biden gets COVID. This whole issue of Biden and COVID is bubbling up a little bit, isn't it? Uh, but whether Joe Biden gets, you know, gets COVID or not. Evidently, are you reading the thing? Is this coming from the same place I'm reading things? People are evidently around him terrified, terrified, terrified. that he would acquire COVID, which Ab- is entirely likely that so he I- might, even though he's fully vaccinated and boosted, I'm sure. Yeah, but... but- but when he gets it, and he will, he will. But when he gets it, I don't want Peter Ducey to ask, how's the president feeling? I get that, I, I, but, I want, I, but I'll tell you why you know, Peter Ducey won't ask that question. Let's you and I see if I'm right about this. <laughs> Peter Ducey won't ask that question because the public won't know it. Well, that's possible. But I think, you know what, uh, this is something that will leak. Um, I'm confident at this point that if he does, he's going to disappear uh, for, and, and people are going to want to know what's going on. And I don't think they're going to keep this hidden. And I think the real point is if the president who's been max vaxxed, uh, self-isolated and is the most protected sterile environment in the universe can get COVID, 
was it that he was ignoring Fauci's directives or that Fauci was dead wrong and we need a new direction? That right. should be the question. Yeah, no, that that that's that's right, Smitty. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, and I guess the concerns are several fold. The concerns are several fold. One, because this is an aged man who already probably, you know, has some decline. I I said that too softy. This is an aged man with decline. That's one concern. The second concern is who steps in and what steps in and what will be. And then the third concern is what the Democrats are worried about, which is what you just said, what it says about the vaccines and what it says about Fauci. Yeah. 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 Look, look, I I, I think we attack one thing at a time. Don't we? We all know that if Kamala steps in, what what's likely to happen uh but it, but it you know we got the midterms coming up life can change on a on a dime let's worry about the problem in front of us we we need to change the course uh, uh of how this is being treated i want to do you, do you agree with me on day. one i'm with you on all that but one prediction that you and i might agree on uh if we can get into the prediction business if god forbid joe biden were to get covid you're not going to find on social media what you found when Donald Trump got it. You're not going to find death wishes. Oh, absolutely correct. Smitty, have absolutely a great weekend, correct. brother. Thank you, sir. You too. For everything. Okay. I'm Seth. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, brought to you in part by Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature Dot com. Check out their fruits and veggies. That's what I take every day. And as some of you know, more than once a day sometimes if I'm just a little slow, dragging a little bit, been up too late, working a little too hard, just feeling a little sluggish or need that pick-me-up in the afternoon because it's all natural fruits and veggies. And you can take a little extra now and then if you want or all the time if you want because you can't overdose on fruits and and veggies. It's the real stuff. It's good stuff. Papayas, bananas, apples on the fruit side, just an example, just a sample of the 16 whole fruits. On the veggie side, you get everything from garlic and carrots, green onions, spinach, cauliflower, celery, zucchini. Go to balanceofnature.com. It's just in little capsules, easy to swallow. If you don't like capsules, open it up, sprinkle it in. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Love the product. Love it. If you're on hold, stay with us. Next hour is yours. We'll go right to you. Let's start with Sandra in Peoria. Hello, Sandra. Hi, Seth. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I Seth, I'm a little bit frustrated. Um, I love my country. I love my fellow countrymen. Um, for me, there is no politics, but when an American has a flat tire on the side of the road. Politics is the least on their mind, and they stop and they help you. And, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking that we're divided over stupid stupidity and and childish things and things we should be wiser about, you know. And and what I'm I'm curious is our government, I'm kind of weary because, I've always been non-political, but until Donald Trump inspired me uh, to wake up, I mean, I I came from parents who came during the Reagan administration. I was born in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically they 
you know, I was brought up in Chicago conservative. It never mattered, you know. I mean, we were all, you know, there was no politics. There was nothing that ever came between my friends and I. And uh, quite honestly, I don't even think, I mean, we all we knew is we loved our country. Yeah. And uh, we were very na- nationalistic. And uh, I wouldn't say to the point of fanaticism, but to the right point where we loved our country and we loved our fellow countrymen. What I'm scared a little bit about is the fact that I think we've gotten so used to the fact that we've been comfortable and, uh, Sondra, this is such a big issue. This is such a big. Can you hold over the break and we'll pick up yes, on it on yes, the other absolutely. side? I'd like to talk more absolutely. about this. You're onto something I, huge. Absolutely. Don't go away. And those of you on hold, you can weigh in as well. We'll get to you as well. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 